Welcome back to the Emmy Award-winning Golden Globe-received podcast. Uh, actually, I don't think those exist for podcasts. And do we, they? I think we won a Tony Award too. A Tony, like T O N I or T O N Y, or like Tony, Tony, Tony. Tony, like a like for for a Broadway. Really. I am currently wearing a cassock, so it does kind of like look like a like a you look like, like a priest a, man dress, fighting sin at every corner. Dun dun dun. Let's tell them what we're doing here. Oh well, okay. Well, welcome back to this award-winning show. Uh, the awards have been given as uh, sleep the, the sleep aid the greatest sleep aid award in the world. Yes, putting my nieces to sleep since <laughs> 2018. <laughs> We're it's the pastors of pain. Father Kerry Wakul, it's the pastor of St. John Catholic Student Center on the corner of Miller and Knobloch. Woo, woo, woo. And Father Brian O'Brien, pastor of St. Francis Xavier Catholic Church here in Stillwater, 711 North Country Club Road. Whoa. Not in the city limits. We're just outside, but you can still find us. Why? Well, one, we have an address. Two, there's cows that walk through your front yard. We have <laughs> cows all around us. And three, it's a big beautiful new church that I hope you will come and visit. Check it out. All of you. Make, out a, make a little pilgrimage. I took my focus missionaries up to, have you ever been to the church in Pawhuska? I have. Oh my Immaculate gosh. Conception. Immaculate Pahuska, Conception Oklahoma. is the most beautiful church in the entire state. It's gorgeous. Well, it's better than yours. Oh, okay. It, now it's on. Oh, okay. Do you know why it's better than yours? Have you seen the stained glass windows in that church? I have. We don't have stained glass windows I yet. Know. It, it, and it's got... Great history to that it. That is, we're not friends anymore. Well, if that's all it took, well, I'm going to do something again. That was, it's always going to be more beautiful than St. Oh, Pratt. my goodness. <laughs> Shots fired. Walk you are as mean today. Have you, uh, so I took my focus missionaries on a pilgrimage up there, and I think people should make little pilgrimages. Uh, O'Keen. Oh, there's beautiful churches all oh, over, especially yeah. in this part of the state. Yeah. I think this part of the state, um, Hennessy, Kingfisher, Okarchi, Okeen, uh, 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 Bison. That? We talked about the church in Bison. I've uh, not been there. Is, but what about what about what about Ponca City? Have you ever been to Ponca City? I've been to the church in Ponca City. I mean, Saint other Mary's than Ponca other City. than the pastor, Father Carson Crittenbreak. I mean that that he's town a, has got. He's a good dude. Oh, you take that back. He was just down here in Stillwater for a wedding. Oh, was he really at the most beautiful church oh. in Oklahoma? <laughs> oh, how about in Payne County? Most beautiful. Well, Cushing is in Payne County. Oh. Saints Peter and Paul in Cushing is—that's a nice church. That, that is. It's okay. You're, Better than yours. Whoa! Oh. Easy, Tiger. Easy. Man, I didn't know it was, this was going to get well, so okay. adversarial so quickly. You, uh, Guthrie. So all along the highway, I've never been in the church in Guthrie. Oh, it's beautiful. So I've all along the highway, nice. we're classmates from seminary. So you got uh, Ark City, Father Patrick Riley, Father Carson Crittenbrink, myself, Father Andy Wickersham, and in, uh, in uh, Guthrie, all of us are classmates from Conception Abbey, which oh. is an b- incredibly beautiful church as well. Wow. You ever been to Conception Abbey? Many, I've been to Conception Abbey many times. Oh, yes. Life ends at Conception. <laughs> it does, because it's all dirt it's roads. It's way in the middle of it's nowhere. The, uh, Get to nowhere and turn left. It's like O'Keen, but f- nothing. Oh, whoa, whoa. It's, oh. it's way out there. Maybe like... Fa- it's. I think it's, uh, we were discussing the small towns out by Fairview, Oklahoma, and there's one that's got like 68 people, and I think Conception, the town around the Abbey, has something like 30 or so people. It's way out there. It is rural. So anyway, we we got beautiful churches uh, all around us. That's one of the things I love about being Catholic. Yeah, make a pilgrimage to a beautiful church. We take architecture, 
seriously that buildings say something about what we believe mm-hmm. in God. Retweet. Um, yes, yes, <laughs> indeed. So if you come, I mean, if you come, for example, to St. Francis Xavier, you, you, but just by walking in, you get a sense of like what is important to us, and that's sports. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we do have a gym. Which there's like. there's Jesus kicking a soccer ball yeah. with children running says, next to him. He's in the goal. He's <laughs> saving, and it, says, and it says Jesus saves. No. Okay. What, what about the uh, Jesus volleyball? Where it's that, like, I came uh, to be served. I came to serve, serve not, not to, to serve. serve. And he's like squatting the vo- yeah. volleyball at somebody. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then a Hail, we have a Hail, Ma- Hail Mary. Oh, yeah. We've got all sorts of stuff. Mary, in the, Mary catching yeah. a pass. No. Ma- Mary. I don't think I've ever seen a sort of a picture of Mary catching a football. That would be pretty sweet. Somebody should get on that. Why is it called the Hail Mary? The, like the pass, by the way. Because it's a prayer. You're just throwing it up there and it, hoping somebody catches it. Is it? Is it because the ball flies in the air as long as it takes to pray a Hail Mary? Or? No, I think it's meant as like, it, I mean, a Hail Mary is you just, you throw it up there. Yeah. And you... Pray that somebody like Doug Flutie catches it. <laughs> For example, at my beloved alma mater, Boston College. Uh, yeah, uh, it was November of 1984. Were you the there as, as a student? I was not. No, I was like nine. Oh, how do you remember this? Thing? I watched it on television. Yeah. Did you know you were going to Boston College at the time? No. Was that your plan in life? No. Okay. But I watched the greatest Hail Mary, the greatest. I think the greatest play in college football history. It w- was Doug uh, Flutie okay, to g- Gerald g- Phelan. Give me, give me the play-by-play. So Doug Flutie, he's like five foot one, right? Uh, he was not tall. He's uh, like five five. five I think five, probably five five nine, five ten. Okay, and every lineman around. So him a little like, quarterback, yeah. Uh-huh. And, and at that time, which was great, Boston College was pretty uh, kind of a regional university. It was not widely known. It was not a big research university. It was, uh, you know, not really, not really on the football map. So Doug Flutie comes along, throws this amazing pass to beat the Miami, Miami Hurricanes. Uh, in their heyday of football. And they, were, they were really good. They were really good. And that year, applications at Boston College went from 8,000 to 18,000. No way. And have not gone down since. Because of Doug Flutie. So they call it in the Boston College admissions office where I worked for two summers. <laughs> I was a tour guide. <laughs> uh, they call it the Flutie Factor. Well, like the Colbert bump. I don't know what that is. Yeah, was okay. Stephen Colbert used to say okay. that on his on his show. On so yeah, the Flutie Factor. And so basically, I mean, it's it's why a lot of people can get critical about kind of big time college sports. I yeah, we we live in Stillwater, Oklahoma, right. which is a lot of big time college sports. They're building a new baseball stadium. What? what? Uh, the the football stadium got a new awesome scoreboard that lights up orange. It is awesome. You could see it. It's I kind of just want to, when I go to a game, I just want to watch the scoreboard I instead know. of the field. <laughs> but it, it shows that sports matter. I mean, so if anyone says like that sports don't matter for admissions, they're, they're, they're fooling, fooling them. themselves. They're flutying themselves. They're, they're, yeah, exactly. So anyway, that's uh, just a little bit on the, on the Hail Mary. Greatest Hail Mary of all time. Greatest college football play of all time. And you can come out, you can come fight with me if you want to. <laughs> Uh, was the miracle of Miami? Doug Didn't you Flutie. go to Notre Dame? So you got like the thirty. I went sti- to Notre Dame. You got for, like thirty graduate school. You got thirty style boxing. So you're you are ready to fight. Uh, but I root when Boston College plays Notre Dame. I root for Boston College. Really? 
Indeed, wow. it's my alma mater. Do you, remember, do you remember when uh, when Notre Wait, Dame was beat by TU? I do. At Notre Dame, that was intense. And Father Matt Gerlock was standing on the sidelines uh, of that game. He was the TU chaplain at the time. I love sports. Uh, yeah, I do too. So Why, it what, is, uh, th- you know, this time of year. Uh, you know, we're in October. We're in Stillwater. It's football season. There's a lot Homecoming. going on. Football, uh, softball's in season. The equestrian team. Horse jumping. Uh, I met a young woman the other day. Her name is escaping me at this moment, but she was at Mass, and she is on the OSU. Sarah Miller. Uh, I don't. I, you probably name, met Sarah. She was. Her name is escaping me. I said. Oh. But she was at Mass, and she's and her. She was with like her dad, and and so I met them. And anyway, she said that yeah. she's. I don't know. I, her name is escaping me. I said. She uh, she rides a, a white horse with she, pink polka not dots. A, she was not riding her horse during Did mass. Did you park it out front? No. Wh- when she came to mass, she was on her own two feet. I'm going to ask Sarah Miller. And so, and, uh, and I had just read, because I follow like a lot of OSU stuff uh-huh. on Twitter, uh-huh. and I had just seen that the OSU equestrian team yeah. upset Baylor. Yeah. Baylor was like highly ranked. And so I like I told her I said hey good you know good win yesterday and she was like she kind of got a look on her face like how did you know like how, or why why do you why do you know about OSU Equestrian <laughs> I was like dude I'm a I live in Stillwater I'm a fan do you know do you know how much faith you have to have uh, being a person who does a collegiate equestrian how much faith do you have to have because you're going to the other person's school and riding their horses. So like Baylor shows up here to OSU, Is that right? And you I have need to, to ride go to a match. You, yeah, you have to ride OSU horses, or you go to Alabama or Texas. I guess that Texas. would be difficult for yeah. like OSU to like. Hey guys, we're going to we're going to uh, Houston, uh, and we're going to also bring horses with us. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And ho- you're hoping they don't have any trick ponies on their on their squad. Like you, you're gonna like get bucked off somewhere in the middle, and trick as soon as, <laughs> as soon as the other girl sits down on it, it like calms down and is gentle. So it's yeah, it's it's a it's been a rough football season too. Well, I, okay, well, really, I mean, uh, if for no other, there, there's really there's two reasons why the OSU football season has not really gone according to plan. Why? One is um, it's Father Robert Duck. So you may remember Father Robert has uh-huh. been on the show before. He was the associate pastor at uh, St. Francis Xavier from <laughs> mid July to mid September. You're you're actually doing this during go, go, while just, Father Robert was here. OSU football undefeated. Since Father Robert has left, they're one and they're one and two. <laughs> so then the other reason why it's not the season is not going as well um, is you, is you. Father Wait, <laughs> how is it, how am I? All here's what I know. Here's what I know that for the last you've been here two years. Uh, I have been. You have a good friend named Father oh, Father Gail Hammerschmidt. Him, who, who is in your in your similar position at at Kansas State mm-hmm. in Manhattan, Kansas. Yep, that's right. And you guys pray that your team wins. You pray well, for OSU. Yeah, he prays for Kansas State, and Kansas State has beaten OSU both times. And so basically, your prayer life stinks. <laughs> I am 0-2 against the Hammerschmidt effect. That's all I wanted to say. And I, I heard you got a shout-out in his homily. I, I don't think weekend. I got my name mentioned. We're friends on Facebook. I listened to, to, the, to, the, to the first part. I think you did. I, it was probably more of I went, my friend, you know, because I, I, he came down here last year since he started working at K-State uh, at St. Isidore's. Uh, and so I went up there this Patron year. Patron Santa Farmers. I know. 
little, I, a little catechesis I, here. I, I even brought an orange and black, orange and black rosary with me. I saw you took a picture of it. Yeah, and it, yeah, I tweeted it out. It got a lot of like, a uh, lot of likes, and it was just funny. It was like, okay, you know what? We could do some prayers right now, beginning of the second half, and uh, they didn't work. So basically, I tried. I tried to anti-pray their team. So Is that all right? Is that all right to do? Uh, anti-pray the best team? best best team. Which win? team had more Catholics on it? I I would bet K State did. Oh, that's probably why they won. Yeah, they even had a. Uh, I went to their uh, Father Gail Hammerschmidt did a uh, prayer service. Out, root for the team with more Catholics. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh oh. We just. So anyway, he gave a uh, he gave a talk to the K State football team uh, right before. Uh, the fr- the Friday night, and I got to go and just listen in. And Coach Bill Snyder, the legend, he's a legend. Yeah, and there was a bunch of other uh, bunch of uh, other players. There, there were probably uh, fifty or sixty that sat in, and they call it quote chapel. It's every uh, Friday night before a game. What does a Catholic priest say to a Division One college football team? He, you know, was really beautiful. He talked about no greater love than to lay down one's life over one's friend. Ooh, hey oh, now. And then he put it in the context of this. He used St. Maximilian Kolbe as an example. Tell everyone who that is. St. Maximilian Kolbe was a... K-O-L-B-E. Yeah, yeah. St. Maximilian Kolbe canonized a, canonized a saint. Uh, and... Uh, why he was a young man, he he just grew in all these great and awesome virtues. And this is the point that Father Gail Hammerschmidt made. He says his his younger life, his youth was wrapped up in virtue and sacrifice and desire to always do God's will and to listen to his voice. And so that was St. Maximilian Colby's youth of doing that. But that led up to the point when he was eventually arrested as a, you know, as a priest, as a Franciscan friar who had um, radio, he had a radio show like us. He had newspapers, magazines promulgating the name of Jesus and Mary throughout the world. Uh, yeah, he, he used he the even, media. He used the media of his time. Yeah, he even had a monastery in Nagasaki, uh, Japan, which when the bomb went off was protected and those friars went out and served those people. Nagasaki was a epicenter of Catholicism and was destroyed with the atomic bomb. But Maximilian Kolbe had an opportunity to do nothing on the day that there was a group of men who, uh, one man who escaped from Auschwitz. And when you would escape, I've been to Auschwitz uh, probably four or five times. When you would escape, they would take 10 guys out of your same barracks and then basically torture you to death, put you in solitary confinement, or they would string you up by um, railroad metal railroad beams oh. and people would walk by you all day as you hung there by your arms basically suffocating being crucified by rope and Maximilian Colby on the day that uh, that 10 men were being called out a guy started crying out his name was Francis starts crying out I can't my family my children and Father Gail Hammerschmidt said you know it wasn't that he was training for his individual self Maximilian Colby He's not a loner like, oh, it's just me and Jesus. I'm getting fit and I'm making myself perfect for the Lord and I'm transforming our life by, li- by a life of grace, a life of virtue. But he was preparing because he's a member of the body of Christ, the church. And he was training for that day when no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend, a guy he didn't even Jesus know. Jesus said that. Yeah, Jesus said that. Uh, Maximilian, Father Maximilian Colby walks up and says, I'll take that guy's place. Now, what normally happened at Auschwitz is you were shot on the spot for getting out of line or beat with clubs. And the guy was like, you, you all right with this? 
and the head of Auschwitz, Birkenauer, uh, Rudolf Hess, who later had a massive conversion and went to confession and received Holy Communion and was and his final words uh, out of Rudolf Hess's mouth when he was executed was, God have mercy on me for what I've done. Mm. That is a massive conversion. And Maximilian Kolbe went into solitary confinement and why he was in there he sang songs and so he taught took men the to place. Pray. He took the place of he this guy. He took the place of the, guy with the, the married guy with the family. Right. Yeah. Right. And so he, then he, what did he do while he was in solitary confinement? He boosted the self-esteem of all these guys. He prayed with them. I mean, it's like a dark, dark dungeon underground where he, him and a dozen other guys were all locked away, especially like there was a, a British airborne troop there. Uh, it was a pretty dark place. And he boosted the, the, the joy. The spirits, yeah. Yeah, and the spirits yeah. of these guys. So this is what he, get, he told the K-State football team. He said, this, he said, he was interesting. He said, and I hate quoting Father Gail Hammerschmidt, but he was right. He said, I used to love track because it was all about the individual. He says, and then I realized that basketball and football and team sports are so much greater because it is not about the individual. It's about how I can make sacrifices for my friend. And it's not just about sh- doing it one time. It's, it's the virtue. It's doing it dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of times until it becomes an awesome habit. It's a little, yeah, kind of a little, a smaller version of to lay down your life for your friends. Yeah. If you're, if you're a... Well, if you're yeah, if you're a, if you're an offensive lineman, you know, and you're you're working out, you're you're spending hours and hours training and lifting weights and and doing foot and hand why, drills. Why are you doing that? So that what do offensive linemen do? So the quarterback doesn't get crushed. They open holes for running backs and they prevent their quarterback from getting crushed. Like, so I mean, you're giving hours of yourself for what purpose? For yourself? No, to protect. Somebody else to protect somebody else, and that's just yeah the the beauty I think yeah the beauty of team sports I mean the the lessons that can be learned yeah in team sports and we're not knocking we're not knocking track we're not knocking swimming, um, and even I mean part of the beauty of those things is is you're also a part you know if you're in go to yeah. the Olympics in wrestling or track or swimming you're you're still part of a team yeah exactly representing your country representing your team. So yeah, team sport. Did you ever play team sports? Did you? What? I played soccer. We were not allowed. Well, I'm not saying n- all of us not allowed, but me specifically, all of my sports had to be running. My parents wanted me to burn energy. Yes. Because I have something called ADDHD, which means awesome dude dominating hyper definition. That's not what it means, but okay. Uh a high, sorry, sorry, not hyper definition, high definition. That's what it means. Yeah, you're a hyper dude. Yeah, I have lots of energy. Yeah. And so we were always had to like run in team sports. And that's why I love soccer still to this day. And I, you know, I watch British soccer every Saturday morning because it is about this team. You can get all the best players in the world and put them on the team, but if they ain't going to work together, if they ain't going to like think about and help the other, then it's all going to fall apart. Remember that time at Bishop Kelly when you went and you practiced with the girls' soccer team and you slide tackled that girl? I did, no, 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 no. Oh, no. Did I, do, I have, do I have bad information? Uh, you do have bad information. Oh. I will. I will keep names anonymous. But it happened something like this: I was running down the field with a ball, and coach told me, "You know, you got to push these girls around a little bit." You know, especially in the, them in the defense. <laughs> so I would give that. I would give, I would like give like cheap give shots, a little like, chicken wing. I'd give them a little chicken wing, like elbow and stuff. And two people who I know, 
names will remain anonymous, came in and shoulder charged me from both sides. And the other girl pushed me from behind. I landed on the ball right in the middle of my Ooh, sternum, ow. rolled off of it. And I hear them, I, I see no foul. I see no. And they played on. Yeah. I never slide tackled anybody. Okay. Like maybe I got bad information. You did. You always get bad information. But I loved. Tabana oh, would always let I me. I heard you slide tackled the girl. Tabana would let me go out and kick uh, kick field goals too. Nice. Yeah, Bishop Kelly football. What sports did you play growing up? Uh, well, uh, badminton. Let me think. Let me think. <laughs> Table tennis. A lot of ping pong. A lot of ping pong. No. Uh, so we growing up, we always we always swam. Uh, what? So I swam up till probably about fifth grade, maybe. <laughs> Uh, there was a little <laughs> baseball. There was soccer. <laughs> I love swimming. <laughs> I know, but uh, I don't think of you as a swimmer. I can't say. I have a picture. Look, I have. I have a picture on when my. When was phone. the last time when I thought of you? Like, when was the last time you swam? You I retired. Over you, the summer. You hang up the goggles Here's and the swim cap. Of me and my family. Oh my gosh! That I'll post it when we post the. No, we, please don't. Please don't. It's me and. Are uh, you in a speedo? And my brothers and sisters. I'm. I don't know. I'm like seven years old, hanging out at the pool. Yeah. It's awesome. Anyway, so we swam a little bit. Soccer, baseball. Uh, I played football just one year. And then my my main sport was basketball. The brick. I love. Throwing up bricks. I love. Throwing up bricks. I didn't throw up bricks, dude. I was Larry Bird. You, you actually were. I was the Larry Bird of. Uh, Mundelein basketball. Deerwood, Deerwood Elementary. Oh. Tell them about the Mundelein basketball tournament, which is a seminary. Yeah, basketball. so people don't. So I think a lot of people think when they think of like seminary. I used to think this before I actually went to seminary. People think of seminary as like this dark, drab place, like where all we do all day is pray oh, and walk around man. like with hoods on. And uh, yeah, seminary was like I miss seminary. Seminary was awesome. I went to St. Minorid Seminary, Southern Indiana. Shout out to the Ravens. Shout out to the the St. Minorid Arch Abbey. St. St. John Vianney fighting Vianney's. That was your. I don't know. What what was your, ma- you didn't have a mascot. We didn't have a mascot. We were the Ravens, man. We would go ah 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 ah. That was like our that was our that was our call whenever we want to get. Psyched I need up. to take you duck hunting with me because was that, that will bring him to the Sounds pond, just right? like a raven. <laughs> so every year uh, we would go and we would play in these seminary basketball tournaments. I do so remember. We would play. Going. We would play in two of them every year. We would go. Uh, t- there was always one in Cleveland. And then there was the big one was in, always in January at Mundelein Seminary in the northern suburbs of Chicago. Do you ever see Robert Barron now? Bishop Robert Barron's little video on Bishop sports? Robert Barron has watched me play basketball. Whoa. This is going to be my enduring. This is going to be my obituary. <laughs> <laughs> he served as a priest, a loyal priest, for many many years in the diocese of Tulsa. He loved the Lord. And Bishop Robert Barron once saw him play basketball. And then, and I want to tell you, this is a true story. When we played Mundelein, this was 2006, 2006, yeah. we beat Mundelein. We were, same mind, for years, we were the doormat of seminary basketball. <laughs> we were not very good. And then what came along, right? So I, I started in 2002, tried to kind of get some momentum going, right? Yeah. Father Mitchell Zimmerman. Uh, who's now at, at, uh, KU, at, at the K, KU? At KU, the student he, center. He was there? on the squad. Uh, we we brought in. We had some. We had some guys. So then, uh, two thousand four or five, maybe Father John Hollowell shows up, Ooh. and uh, he's now a pastor up in uh, in Indiana. Father Father Hollowell was a really good athlete. Played football in in college. Yeah. And, um, had not really played a lot of basketball, but just a fierce defender, fierce. And then. <laughs> 
2005, 2006, Ryan Harpole, who's now a priest of the Diocese of Owensboro, Harpole shows up, and this dude could shoot the lights out. No way. So Harpole shows up, and then another guy named Steve Holman. I don't know what Steve Holman's doing these days, but he was big. He was like a lumberjack big. <laughs> anyway, we put together a nice little squad. We go up 2006. Bad news bears. We go up to the Mundelein Seminary Tournament, and we won it. Mundelein had a dude who was like 6'9", yeah. who's now a priest in Winona, Brian Sutton, a priest in Winona, Illinois, and then some other, some Polish guy who was probably like 6'7". I was our tallest player. I'm 6'2". I was our tallest player. Anyway, we went up there, and we won the whole thing, and it was awesome. I'm going to post, with this with this podcast, I'm going to post the video. There's a highlight video okay. of the St. Meinrad 2006 uh, Mundelein tournament. It'll I didn't blow, go to that one. It'll blow your mind. I went to the one. It was so fun. So fun. I think I went to the one in, I went to a couple of them. Mm, I was in mostly the cheering you, yeah. cheering and mascots. When you were at Conception. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah, you Sons were, of Thunder. The Sons of Thunder. That's right. You you uh, you ruined our hopes because we had a six foot five center. I can't remember his name because I can't remember anybody's names. Six foot five center who our coach was like, okay. You're going to guard their tallest guy. And that was the mistake of the game. You just shot threes. Yeah, you would trot down I the just, court. I was, always, I was always, like in high school, when I played basketball in high school, I was not tall. I mean, I was like 5'10". Yeah. And I grew a bunch in college. If I was 6'2 in high school, I could have done some damage. And you would just sit outside and just shoot threes. Yep. And he never, making ever it, came out of the paint. Making it rain. Uh-huh. Making you it dominated rain. us. Okay, so why why do you think that's important? Well, and and, and insistent like yeah. there's a mandatory like a, um, in Rome they have the uh, soccer tournament and yep. a football tournament. Yep. Why I loved it. I mean, it, so it it built uh, it built great friendships, a br- brotherhood. There are guys that I still see. Like, and I go to I'll go to a conference or I'll go to some priest event somewhere, and I'll see guys and I'll say, "Did you?" Did you play basketball, you know, at Kenrick or at Mundelein? Oh, and, right. And, like, that's our bond. Our bond is that we played, we played, I mean, we're priests. That's a, yeah. that's a bond. But I know them, and they know me because we played sports against each other. You know, some of those, some of the best friendships I have from, from when I was a kid, uh, from college, you know, playing, like, intramurals and stuff like that, they all, they come through sports. And so it's a, it's a wonderful thing. I mean, sports can, can definitely get out of proportion, um, parents need to chill out. Oh. Like, please stop yelling at first graders while they play basketball. <laughs> really? You know, there's a there's a camaraderie there that's so beautiful. And obviously, and, and like staying in shape and kind of all that. Yeah. Uh, the sports can just can be so 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 beautiful. And so the church really tries to. John Paul II used to. He talked about sports all the time. He would hold up sports as like a as a model. Can I share a quote with you? Can I share a quote? Uh, I guess you're already going to do it because you're pulling up the paper right now. JP 2 He says, John Paul II. John Paul II. Sport is an activity that involves more than the movement of the body. It demands the use of intelligence and the disciplining of the will. It reveals, in other words, the wonderful structure of the human person created by God as a spiritual being, a unity of body and spirit. Whoa. Right? JP 2 man. He had tons of great quotes. On sports, I'm holding a whole paper, a big. Give me, give me one more. A give big me one paper more. of him. The correct practice of sports must be accompanied by practicing the virtues of temperance and sacrifice. Frequently, it also requires a good team spirit, respectful attitudes, the appreciation of the qualities of others, honesty in the game, and humility to recognize one's own limitations. Okay, so, g- sports, give me, th- give me a third one. Sport, 
Oh my gosh, there's so many. Just pick one. Know, Put your finger on the page and just Here's go. his prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, help these athletes to be your friends and witnesses to your love. Help them to put the same effort into personal asceticism that they do into sports. Whoa. Help them to achieve a harmonious and cohesive unity of body and soul. Okay, well, if John Paul the Great says sports are important. Because he played sports. He played soccer. He was yeah, skied. He, did, he yeah. was a goalie uh-huh. on, his, on his soccer team. Lolek. And he played, you know, he, he was obviously a Catholic, but many of his soccer teammates were Jewish. Yeah. And he built these beautiful friendships that lasted a lifetime. When he was Pope, he invited all of his, like, Jewish friends from when they were little to come to the Vatican and be with him. So these, right. these friendships, they cross religious barriers. They cross racial barriers. Uh, I just, I love sports. I, lo- I love it when teams, countries that don't like each other have to play in the World yes, Cup. Yes, yes. It makes you, like, and then to appreciate, especially yeah. when you lose. Like, losing stinks, but also it builds humility. Yeah. It builds humility. So anyway, go play some sports. Go out and run around. Burn some energy. Yeah. It's good for your brain. But keeping sports in perspective and, and seeing sports as a spiritual activity that can help you grow in your relationship with the Lord. There it is. That's And that is why we're Emmy winning. That is why we win Tony Awards year after year, year. after year. Wow. We're it's the not for our singing. Pain. We're so glad you joined us. Tune in next week. Have a great day. God bless you all. Peace.